Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning and welcome. You're listening to Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study. We're so glad you could join us, but before we get into the Word, let's pray. Lord, we just thank you, Lord, for being a good God to us, Lord, and we just thank you that you continue to equip us with everything we need on this earth, Lord, to fulfill what you have planned for us and to glorify you, Lord. And Lord, we also just thank you for the opportunity to witness to others, Lord, and to go and speak in your name and be an ambassador and show people around us your love for them, Lord. And Lord, we just thank you for your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Good morning and welcome, everybody. Glad to have you with us. We continue discussing the Lord's word and studying out his house. So before we begin, just like to ask if you have been blessed by this or any of the other previous episodes, that you like them, that you subscribe to the channel or any of the other platforms that we are on, and that you share the episode with others that you would like to see blessed by the word and see them grow in Christ. Amen? Amen. So we're continuing our study on the Lord's house and specifically the inner and outer veil and the furnishings, which are found in Exodus 26, 31 through 37. So can I get a volunteer to read that section of scripture, please? I will. All right, sir. You shall make your veil woven blue, purple, and scarlet thread and fine woven linen. It shall be woven with the artistic design of cherubim. You shall hang it upon the four pillars of acacia wood overlaid with gold. Their hooks shall be gold upon four sockets of silver. And you shall hang the veil from the clasp. Then you shall bring the ark of the testimony in there behind the veil. The veil shall be divided for you between the holy place and the most holy. You shall put the mercy seat upon the ark of the testimony in the most holy. You shall set the table outside the veil, and the lamp stands across from the table on the side of the tabernacle toward the south, and you shall put the table on the north side. You shall make a screen for the door of the tabernacle, wove of blue, purple, and scarlet thread, and fine woven linen, made by a weaver, and you shall make it for the screen and shall make it for the screen five pillars of acacia wood, and overlay them with gold. The hooks shall be gold, and you shall cast five sockets of bronze for them. Amen. So at this time, we're going to stick with our normal custom and open up the floor to each of you to share with the Holy Spirit speaking and ministering to you. And, of course, to ask any questions that you have. All right? Okay. Okay. So who'd like to begin? Me. (laughs) Well, go ahead, honey, honey. Oh, okay. Um, so when we left off uh, the previous podcast, we were talking about, uh, Layla had referenced um, Ephesians 4, 29. And we started by talking how the, as we look at the footers, we went from bronze to silver and into the, the place where the gold um, was. And, and that was the Lord taking us from the limitations of our humanity into the, the purification and the production or the, the produce of what he's, actually called us to be and the revelation that we're spirit beings 
and we have a soul and we live in a body, but we should live from our spirit because that's the way God designed us. Amen. So Layla was talking about Ephesians chapter four. Let me turn there really quickly because I can't turn and talk in the microphone. So hang on one second. <laughs> So, Layla, you referenced um, verses 29 through 32. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Let me read it really quickly. It says, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. And you were referencing that this was a choice. Um, and I just wanted to um, walk through this a little bit, as especially as we're referencing the temple and things of that nature. There is a really important word um, in this verse, these verses in Ephesians um, chapter four, and it says, in verse 31, it says, let, let these things be put away from you, which denotes there is the Holy Spirit guiding us through it. And he's coming to us and saying, hey, you don't need that. You don't need to speak to someone like this to get your point across. You don't need to do these things to feel like you're being heard or whatever excuse it is that we use to validate um, behavior, right? Yes. And yes. we talked about also in Hebrews chapter 12, uh, verse 11, about the, the discipline of the Lord, the chastisement of God. While it doesn't seem pleasant at the moment, and sometimes you're like, I don't even know if this is going to work if I go your way, God. But when you follow him and you allow him to cultivate on the inside of you the things that he knows are he knows are right and truth and for your well-being, it produces the peaceable fruit and of righteousness in God. And you are benefited and blessed as a result of it. And when I look at these scriptures in Ephesians, it reminds me that this is a um, it's a process, but it's also a thermometer. So when I look to judge myself, because we know what the rule is, if you judge yourself, you will not be judged by others because you'll have no need of it. You've already pulled out the plank in your own eye and all that good stuff. And all the Lord has to come to say to you is well done because you're doing what he's asked you to do. Um, but when you look at this and even when I read these things, I go, okay, Lord, I've got this one. Uh, I'm not, I'm not, um, corrupt words aren't coming out of my mouth. And I'm trying to be encouraging. I'm not bitter or wrathful or angry, but um, sometimes I do things with malice or things of that nature. Look and, and judge yourself as it goes by and see, see how you're doing with the Lord and continue to let him walk you through this process. You, can't, you cannot produce any lasting change out of your flesh. You just have to come to that truth and that resolve up front. You can't do anything good out of your flesh and you can't do anything good apart from God. You might get some temporary um, flashes of something that appears nice on the surface, but even when you go down to the root of it and the heart of it, it's still selfishness and ungodliness if it's done without Christ. But with him, all things are possible. And so we're not asking, or and the Lord is not asking you to do anything by yourself. 
But he is saying, agree with him, choose and let him do his work on the inside of you and walk with him through it. You know, as we're looking through the temple, the, you had to come through the first curtains, but if you just stood there, you would never see all that was before you, right? You'd never get to touch or handle or experience what was before you. I mean, you might be able to look at some things, but you can't see all the way around it. You certainly can't reach it to touch it because you're just at the front door or the front um, curtains. But when you come in and you choose, okay, I'm going to walk inside and then I'm going to take another step and another step and proceed towards the things that God has for you, then you see the Holy Spirit starts to bring light. He starts to bring understanding. He starts to bring revelation and then move you from faith to faith as the scripture calls it. Yep. Today you might only have faith not to say a bad word, but tomorrow you have mastery of that. And now you're moving on to something else that was a stumbling block or an obstacle before you and the days passed. And then you keep moving with God. You keep growing with him from faith to faith to faith and moving from a place of being dead to the things of God and alive to sin to now you are dead to sin and alive to the things of God. And that's what your heart desires and you long for. And now there's power behind it to carry it out because the Lord is working with you in and through you to bring you into that place. And, Oh, do you want, you have something, Dean? I was just going to piggyback in there when you emphasize the word let, Mm-hmm. And so I suppose jump to the inner linear, you know, <laughs> let's see what's going on there. Amen. This is quite a word. It's ek porio ami. Ek porio ami. And it means to depart from, to be voided, cast out, to proceed from, be spoken, to burst forth, flow out, be spread abroad. And I really thought that the definition there, to be voided, mm-hmm. right? We are to void all of these thoughts, all of these fleshly things. First, mm-hmm. we have to choose as a choice. It is connecting a choice. It. We have to empty ourselves, mm-hmm. completely render them void. These things I'm thinking need to be voided out because they don't line up. Mm-hmm. Amen. That, that word voided, let's take a little medical journey for a second. When someone voids, we, that's a word for urinate. And when you think about, I know, Pardon my my graphic medical <laughs> interjection here. But when someone voids, when you, especially when you have full consciousness, you determine when you're going to allow that void to take place to initiate it, right? You, there's a sphincter and you hold your, you know, you don't allow it to come out. You hold your bladder, you hold your urine. But when you decide to allow urine to pass, the initial decision is yours. But have you ever tried to stop urinating in the midst of relieving a full bladder, you pretty well can't. Once you get beyond a certain place, it's just flowing out of your body and it continues to do that. So as we let God do what he wants to do, as he brings light to our situations in our life, then we say, yes, God, and we allow him to do that. But then the process, the Holy Spirit knows what's, what to do and he will allow that to come forward. I mean, come forth out of us and he'll give us what we need to do it and get it done. But that's very interesting. Um, just thinking of it medically and then you have, you have void where you can delete it and things of that nature, but having it purged from you, which is what we see in, in other scriptures. Um, these things have been purged from you and don't become entangled again with them because you've been delivered and set free. So allowing that to flow out of you as in, if you were a cup, 
and the Holy Spirit is pouring fresh water in you and there may be food and sediment at the bottom. But if you pour enough flow, it's going to begin to wash those impurities out of the cup and replace it with fresh water. Let God do that. Give him permission, grant it, and then don't retract your permission. Keep going with God. Um, I can, I can think of my own life. And as a young woman, I had a very, very filthy mouth and I, I used perverse language and curse words in abundance at a very young age. And I thought, well, God, if I don't cuss them, they won't understand what I'm saying. I, I did. I justified myself by holding something as real fact. And the Lord was like, come on and flip through these scriptures with me, darling. <laughs> and there's no reason for that. There's no need for it. And so when I decided to let God take me through this process, that's not even a part of me today. I don't like it. I don't even want to hear it. I don't want it to come out of my mouth and I can use the wisdom that God gave me and the words that he puts in my mouth to articulate his purpose and his points and whatever he wants to get across and no longer seek after my own will, my own fleshly lust and desire to control or um, defend myself. I can, I, let, I can let God do it. So just as God is delivering us and we are delivered with salvation, but as our soul is being renewed, and these things God is purging and we are walking with him in it. You know, let's see the best of that and let our hope be found in him and our trust in him that we can go this distance. God is not asking for too much. He's asking for just enough. <laughs> he knows what's right. So um, go ahead, honey. I don't know. Well, I wasn't just going to open the floor for everybody else. I'll go. <laughs> All right, sir. Okay, the but first thing you. I want to do is if you guys will flip with me to Ezekiel 43. Ezekiel 43? Yes, verse 8. I'm excited to hear what you're going to say. It's the Lord speaking to you. <coughs> oh, okay. Is everybody there? I am. I'm. When they set their threshold by my threshold and their door by my and their doorpost by my doorpost with a wall between them and me. That's really the first part of the scripture that the Lord was talking to me about. And with it he was showing me that here it was He was relaying it to how previous and previous devotionals I had discussed how the Lord showed me that the veil and the covering over the top of the tabernacle was a representation of us. How the Lord is covering us and we're the stuff inside. So the Lord is showing me that here was with the curtains and stuff, we are the most holy. We are the holy in the most holy places in here. Meaning that, so the Lord is showing me here is that with the walls and stuff, that are built between it it's not the lord saying you can't come in here but it's our own building it up and saying no i don't want anything to do with mm -hmm. that and if you think about it, it the lord was reminding me of how sometimes if i don't want to go do something like promise asked me to play and i say i don't want to i don't go over there and sit down as long i'm gonna go play i remove myself 
mm. and go somewhere else. And the Lord is showing me here. That's the same thing that he's discussing. The veil, yes, the Lord told them to make the veil, mm. but it was a direct result of their mindset towards him. Because if we look inside of Exodus 16, we already see them starting to complain against the Lord and saying, why did you do this to us? So the Lord should show me here was that with it, it was a direct representation of our mindset towards him that we feel like we need to remove ourselves from a certain place or situation because it's too much for us to handle. Mm. Now, connect this for me, darling. Yes, um, mom. Connect this for me. Uh, you you brought you mentioned the walls. The Lord was ministering to you about the how His temple was defiled because they were treating it as common and um, placing walls where God didn't ask them to, and just doing things that He didn't ask. Bring it to me how the as we're looking at the veils that God in the process, the things that He put in place. How is this connecting for you that God is asking you not to depart from what He already set up for you and set in place how the lord is connecting it to me is that we are the most holy he lives and dwells inside of us mm -hmm. so that like with the most holy that was where the ark of the testimony was where he resided he resided there so the lord showed me here was that what these curtains that are up between the most holy and the holy place it was because we built them like i said with exodus it was their mindset of saying no we can't even go near the mountain we're gonna die if we get too close so the Lord had it put in place like how you and dad said, the Lord meets us where we're at. He doesn't force us or drag us screaming to somewhere we don't want to be, but he meets us where our faith is at. So the Lord showed me that at this time, this is what was needed. But now we don't need a veil between us because we are able and we have the understanding through the Holy Spirit in order to have the Lord living on the inside of us. So that's what the Lord was showing me with the veils was that it's our own personal uh, walls we build between us to try to separate ourselves from him. So as a result of sin, there are walls that separate us from God. Yes, sometimes it's not even directly sin. It could be sometimes like our mindset. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you, not you and dad, but sometimes people say, the Lord is holy, I'm just a worthless sinner. And how they divide themselves there and saying, I can't do that. Well, but mm -hmm. that is sin, right? Yes. Even the mindset. And the, the one that knows what to do, what's right to do and doesn't do it, to him it's sin, right? Yes. Even if we try to make it pious in our own right. mind. <laughs> even, if, even if we try to make it sound good, right? Yeah. It just doesn't work. Mm -hmm. it's, yes. it's still incorrect. If it's out of alignment with the Lord, right, we talked about the standard or the way scripture describes it is the plumb line, right? Yes. If it's not flush doesn't line up then it is out of alignment it is out of order with yes. the lord so then it's wrong it's an error it's sin and yes. we need to bring that in okay hmm. yes and, and by bringing it i mean bring it back into alignment with the lord yes there's a question that um as I was coming into a love relationship with the Lord and really going beyond um, the outward appearance of um, being saved, you know, going to church and things of that nature, I was doing the motions outside. But as I began to come in and draw, the Lord was drawing me in and I, I came into him with my heart. He would ask me a question 
um, because I, I was raised to hold grudges and I'm, I'm sure I'm not alone in this and to hold it till everybody dies. <laughs> You're not letting that go. Um, and you know, even after you forget the details, but you have a sharp mind, you better remember. But if you forget, you just know you don't like them. I was raised like that. And the Lord would ask me to put it in perspective for me. He would say, Kamisha, is that worth you being separated from me? And then I'd go, oh, no, God, you know, and clutch to him because I was like, well, no, I don't want to. I, I knew that I didn't want to be separated from him. And when I began to examine the things that I held in my humanity as being justified, he would go, is that worth? Are you willing to let this separate me, you from me? He's never going anywhere, but I take myself away, right? He said yes. he'll never leave us or forsake us, but that doesn't mean we don't forsake him, which we see that often through the scriptures and have witnessed it in our own lives. And so as he began to walk me through things, like um, as he was purifying me and bringing them before my, in my attention, before my attention to say, are you going to let this go? Are you going to let me grow you and cultivate you in this area so that I can purify you and bring you to where I want you to be? Yes, I'm purified in my spirit, but my soul still needs to be renewed. It still needs to have the blood applied and be cleansed and um, come to a place that it honors God. And he would hold it up and I'd go, man, that was really important before. But no, I mean, if it's, if it's the cost of me losing you, no, I don't want that. The cost of me being distant where I can't call unto you or I'm, I, in myself, I'm saying I can't call unto you because so, so I've So there's departed. still a separation. And, right. And you don't want to be separated, not even for one second. Exactly. And so I'm presenting that and passing that question to you when God is asking you, when he's calling to your heart, ask yourself this question. Is this worth me being separated from God for one second? Because in his, in his presence is pleasure. In his presence is joy. Fullness of joy. That's right. And, and pleasures forevermore. In his presence is everything that we need and all that we are. We cannot be who God, be anything worthwhile or be anything without him. So, no, it's not. I mean. Absolutely not. And, and we've passed over many things. And as he's done that, then it makes me really val evaluate, is this worth it? Is this right? Because if God is saying no, and it can separate me from him, do I want any part of it? Do I need this? The answer is no. So forgiveness, here you go. I, I learned how to forgive, and I learned how to forgive up front. Before you even offend me, here, here's all the forgiveness. I'm just going to throw it right on over there to you, slide it over, because I don't want to be separated from my God. I don't want him to ever look at me and feel like, man, that's Kamisha, and hang his head because... I'm associated with him. I want him to be proud of me as a dad, proud of me as my Lord and Savior, not in an arrogant way, but to be pleased with me. That's what my heart's desire is. Mm -hmm. You got something, babe? Anyone else? Before you oh, you got on. more? Yes. Well, please share, sir. It's very brief. As mommy was sharing, the Lord had brought me back to Genesis 3, verse 24. So he drove out the man, and he placed cherubim at the east of the Garden of Eden, and a flaming sword which turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. And the Lord is showing that instantly with uh, there was cherubims on the veils. Mm -hmm. Right there it was separation. And how the Lord is showing me that with Adam, he was able, beforehand, before we sinned, where he was able to go freely about and mm -hmm. could go anywhere in the garden. But after we sinned, that, then the veil was placed there. Amen. 
because that was for his protection, actually. Yes. God didn't want Adam, we're talking about the cherubim with the flaming sword. God didn't want Adam to exist and all of humanity to exist in a fallen state and be uh, beyond redemption, if you will. He didn't want yes. them to eat uh-huh. at the tree of life and live in their condition like that forever. He wanted, he needed them to die and to go on. And at this point, so now redemption can come through the way it's designed to. Um, even the veils in the temple were designed for the safety of the people because God knows who he is. He is holy. Yes. And he, his holiness has righteous requirements. Mm-hmm. He is a loving God, yes. And he is still almighty God. So in order to protect us, he said, hey, I'm going to put these here. Come in. I want you to be welcome, but you got to come the right way because well, my, my glory is what it is. And we haven't gotten there yet, but that we'll, we'll I'll say, discuss it in greater depth and detail when we talk about the, the priestly garments. You're trying to stop me, honey? No, I'm just I'm joking. Not. <laughs> I'm just I'm not. joking. I'm just, I'm just making it plain, stating it plainly for the listeners. That, Amen. Right. That's there in the garments, in the priest garments, there were bells. Right, and the high priest could enter into the holy of holies, holiest of holies, once a year, to make atonement for the sins of the people, mm-hmm. and sprinkle that blood on the mercy seat. Um, the bells were because when there's movement, you can hear them. He also had to go in with a rope attached around him, so that did you reference Layla mm-hmm. in in this if in fact he was not living a sinless life right? If there was sin in him when he entered there, he would be, well, he would die. We'll just state it plainly. He would die. Mm-hmm. Well, there is no, there would be no way to retrieve him. So hence the rope. And then the Lord's not, he does not want his presence defiled by a dead exactly. corpse and things of that nature or people coming in um, rashly trying to, I'm trying to save or mm-hmm. help or do God a favor and get the, exactly. so God knows so he took into account who he is and how we could approach him from where we were to still come to him. That's a loving God. That's an Absolutely. amazing God. Um, I mean, consider, and we haven't covered this either because that's when we get to the temple and, and uh, the first temple, Solomon's, what's known as Solomon's temple. When the glory of the Lord came down, even as it did here, right, when the, when the temple was first dedicated to the Lord, mm-hmm. nobody could even enter the temple. Mm-hmm. Right, uh, like the entire temple, no one could enter it because of the the glory of the Lord, Amen. which is an incredible thought. So, you know, I mean, yes, the Lord resided in the holy holiest of holies here, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in between the cherubim, on the mercy seat. Hmm. Right. I, so, so he knows that, like, yeah, you, you can't come just into his presence, right? Like. Moses was given a great uh, haphazardly. Come, yes, you, you can. You have to come. You rightly. have to respect who he is. Yes, Moses asked, "If I've found favor, then show me your glory." And then the Lord said, "You can't see the front, right? <laughs> but I'll let my hind parts or my glory pass before you. Just the mm-hmm. the reflection of it, if you will. I'll hide you in the rock and I'll cover you yes. with my hand, and I'll let this pass the backside of God pass before now, you." Now bring that up because. You know, Moses was clearly a giant in the faith, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> clearly. And and there is much honor given to Moses. And the Lord did use him mightily. So, Amen. right? But let's not lose, he's still a man. And the Lord's no respecter of persons. Mm-hmm. So let's not, let it not be said that only Moses wanted that, right? Amen. But the Lord, even when Moses said, this is the way we must do things because 
He even told Moses, you, you can only look at my hind parts. You can't see the, the front because you will not live. Mm-hmm. No man can see me and live. Exactly. That, and so that was said to Moses, who was held in such high esteem. Thank and, you, and, and he should be, you know, like I said, he, he did great, great things for we the Lord. We appreciate what he did. Absolutely. But he doesn't take the place of God. Oh, he no. is a man just like, or, or human, if you will, just like we are. Well, now he's a glorified being. Amen. <laughs> but, I mean, during his time on earth. Amen. So let's let's not lose sight and lose perspective, right? We can all have this if we truly want it. And if we truly want it, it will be demonstrated in our life by our love and our obedience for the Lord and for our neighbor in every area and aspect of our life. Mm-hmm. Um. Were you going to share something else, sir? No. Okay. Uh, I see you over there flipping through some scriptures there, I honey. I know. I'm trying to find it real quick. Um, what are you looking in, for, Mommy? Um, and I think it's in John. Jesus was talking about if we love him, then the Father, he and the, the, the Godhead, but the Father will make his abode with us. Ah, here it is. It's John 14, 11. Mm-hmm. It's a different scripture, but... Um, he who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Amen. So that's what we saw Mo- Moses walking into. That's it. And to love God. And he wanted to know who God was. Like, should, Lord, what do you like to smell? What do you like to eat? What do you like to drink? We know God doesn't partake of those things like that. But knowing his personality, knowing him intimately versus just saying, Hey God, let me rub your genie bottle for a second, do this and then jump back in there. He wanted an intimate relationship with God. He wanted to know the tone of God's voice. He wanted to know God's heart. Um, and I, I'm sorry, I hate to say that sometimes because it's taken in a uh, religious kind of way, but he wanted to know the depth of who God is. Right. And that's, that's Exodus 33, 13. It says, there, now, therefore, I pray. If I have found grace in your sight, show me your way or ways, depending on your translation, mm-hmm. that I may know you and that I may find grace in your sight and consider this nation as your people. Amen. Um, which is amazing, right? It wasn't just what the Lord does or how the Lord acts. It was why do you do the things that you do? Amen. Right? And, which is what David is asked, right? Show me your ways and teach me your ways and your thoughts. Because they are not my ways and thoughts. They are higher than mine. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and which is a whole different. It's in Isaiah as well. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. The Lord's saying that. Other places in, um, I, I believe it's Deuteronomy, it says how the, the children of Israel knew the Lord's acts, uh-huh. but Moses knew his ways. Amen. There's a difference. You can see the, the action, Amen. but not understand why the action was necessary or needed or, uh, you know, all the reasons and purpose behind it. Moses didn't get tired of God. Exactly. <laughs> Neither should we. <laughs> That's right. Especially since he is infinite. Amen. Uh, say it's been too long up here on the mountain, Lord. Come on. All right. Stop talking already. <laughs> the Lord had you to know. send him back, he had to send mm-hmm. him down. No, no, no. Go down and deal with this situation, which is... He wanted to remain there, as we yeah. all should, just Love in the presence of the Lord. Yeah. Amen. Amen. We want to be near you, God. Amen. We love it. We love your ways. His commandments are not burdensome. 
We are going to pause there for today, for the listeners, though, right? Mm-hmm. Just to be uh, mindful of their time, considerate of their time. Mm-hmm. So, can I get a volunteer to close out in prayer, please? I will. All right, Layla. Lord, we just thank you for your holiness and your infinite grace and mercy that you have (coughs) shown towards us, Lord, the love that you have poured out on us, God, that you have covered us with. We thank you for your word, Lord, that it's living and it's active, God, and that you have placed it in our lives to accomplish your will, Lord, to make us better, to bring us closer to you, God. And we just thank you for all your goodness, Lord, for the angels that you have encamped around us lord to keep us in our ways lord as we walk according to what you have commanded us lord the sisters and brothers that you have given us lord to keep us as well to help us and to admonish guide train lord so that we all make it to the destination in the end lord that we can be reunited and joined together as one with you lord like we were before the beginning was god just like jesus requested so we thank you for that, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we love you. God bless you. And have a wonderful day. We hope you've enjoyed listening to A Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study. This year, Pastor John and I are believing for 1,000 new partners to believe God with us and join in the work of the ministry. God is doing great things through a day of prayer, and we want you to be a part. If the Lord is placed on your heart to partner with us, please contact us online at adayofprayer.org. Click on the menu and select partner. Complete the form, and we'd love to hear from you. Thank you again. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.